today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Downtown Charlottesville from Saturday afternoon, uh, anti-protests against the uh, white supremacist protest that was occurring down there. Clashes took place, of course, in Charlottesville this past weekend. A Unite the Right event that was attended by the KKK, neo-Nazis, and white nationalists was held, uh, and a group of protesters clashed. A woman has died from an accident when a car rammed into the crowd. Joe Thomas was right in the middle of the activities uh, on Saturday in Charlottesville. He is a morning talk show host at WCHV in Charlottesville, and he joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show. Joe, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Bill, thank you very much uh, for trying to uh, share some perspective with uh, Hamilton. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, uh, yeah, it was a, a bit crazy in downtown Charlottesville, considering this is the hometown of Jefferson and Madison. Uh, it's amazing that we've gotten so far away from understanding that uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, has fallen so far out of favor. Let's, before we start talking about the weekend, Joe, maybe you gave us a quick sketch on what's going on. What's the scene right now in downtown Charlottesville? Uh, back to normal, really. Uh, it's a little bit like the walk of shame for some who are embarrassed for their town. Um, but uh, the businesses are open and the restaurants are open. The police have uh, pulled up barricades. The streets are open and everyone is still trying to figure out what uh, what to do next. And that was you know, my, my challenge this morning was to talk about the next day and the next day and the next day after that. Joe... The obvious question, the, the the most elementary question here is, is not well. Obviously, why this happened, but but the other one that I think a lot of people were watching as they saw the coverage unfolding on Saturday, why Charlottesville? Uh, why Charlottesville, Virginia? Why this weekend? And why this influx of people into your small uh, university town that, as you say, has uh, none you know before this. Uh, been known as, as the home of Jefferson, the home of a fabulous university, and all of a sudden it became the flashpoint for, for racism, for white supremacists, for, well, some people consider, and, and I think with some justification, a terrorist act by one of those individuals. How did this happen mm-hmm. in your town? Well, be, you know, nobody should be mistaken. Driving your car into a crowd of people is a terrorist act. It's what ISIS does, and uh, nobody can equivocate that. And believe me, they have tried this weekend with me. Um, but it, it goes back further than that. It begins right after Occupy Wall Street, and we had an Occupy protest that actually camped for several weeks in Lee Park uh, there. And at that point, one of the city councilors said, boy, it would be great if we could get rid of this offensive statue. And she didn't get anywhere with it and was forgotten. Well, after that, that shooting, We should interrupt. That was the statue of Robert E. Lee that you're referring to, right? Yes, yeah, and, and still is. Um, and then the uh, shooting in South Carolina happened, where the young man had uh, Confederate flags and Facebook posts with Confederate flags, this re-energizing this zeal to remove any references to the Confederacy uh, and, for the most part, even the Civil War uh, from our history books and from our history discussions. And she had allies now on city council, um, the, the councilor named Wes Bellamy, uh, Kristen Sakos was the first counselor, and uh, that that started to gain ground. Now, a court case, because there is a Virginia law that prohibits both the defacement and removal of any war memorials. And we have a court order and a court ruling that says it is a war memorial and cannot be moved. So, quite honestly, the protest in support of the statue uh, was 
I guess, a case of somebody didn't get the memo. There's already a court ruling. One worries in the case of war memorials that a judge might overturn that ruling, just not wanting to see more protests. But moreover, one has to remember that Richard Spencer, who's, I guess, considered the head of this alt-right group, uh, is a University of Virginia graduate. And uh, I think that's where also a lot of Charlottesville comes into play in this. Uh, He lives in northern Virginia where perhaps the police departments are more heavily funded or more heavily uh, fulfilled, maybe less, uh, more veteran police departments up there. So he comes down here, as often criminals do, to find the small-town police chief and the small-town police department to cause their ruckuses. Uh, and uh, ruckus they did, both uh, from the Antifa groups and the uh, Black Lives Matter groups and this Unite the Right group of uh, three or four different groups all coming together. Joe, as you reported, uh, as you were on Facebook, and the stuff you posted on the weekend as you were down there in the thick of things on Saturday, uh, as you noticed, you you live there, you work there, you know the people in that community. Uh, you saw a lot of faces you've never seen before. You, this obviously was built up both sides in this issue, uh, mm-hmm. the Antifa people and certainly the the, the neo Nazis and, and the KKK, focused on on Charlottesville and said this is going to be ground zero for this right now. And it was almost as if that was the battleground that both sides had decided they were going to, to put this last stand. Did you see this coming? Well, unfortunately, we did, and we were trying to warn against mob think anyway. Uh, we were hoping that we could let these publicity stunts be just that. And unfortunately, um, I don't want to diminish the fact that two Virginia State police officers and a young woman, one of the counter-protesters, are dead. Uh, that cannot be um, uh, trivialized, but these were two groups who were looking for publicity for themselves. And uh, they they succeeded in horrific fashion, and they were groups that, quite honestly, feed on the idea of groupthink rather than individual think. There's a post on my Facebook page, a picture that the Roanoke, Virginia Times caught of me uh, fighting with one of the Black Lives Matter protesters who came upon me just in, as you saw me on some of the videos on Facebook, uh, videotaping the proceedings. He, he bumps into me and calls me a racist. And I said, well, how do you even justify that? You've never met me before. How do you know I'm a racist? Uh, Knowing full well he's just basing it on the color of my skin. And I think at that point I'd been tear-gassed once and pepper-sprayed twice, so I think my last good nerve was a little close to the surface, Bill. And and I was about to let my inner New Yorker come out. We were about to go when all of a sudden one of the Black Lives Matter leaders who knew me Uh, came up and grabbed this guy and said, no, he's cool. Now, the story goes on two hours later after kind of everything ends up. The kid runs into me on the downtown mall here in Charlottesville, away from the mob, away from the crowd. Couldn't have been a nicer kid. Came up, I'm really sorry, sir. I I was caught up in the moment. I didn't realize I shouldn't have let myself. I said, listen, that's what happens in groupthink. And we just started talking about his job. He doesn't have a job. He's trying to find a job. He's working at a fast food restaurant. He's trying to make ends meet. But the point being that away from the mob, we had a great chat, 10, 15 minutes long. But once you're in that mob think, we stop being able to say, does this person deserve being hit with a two-by-four or a hammer or a stick or anything like that? And and that's what we lost this weekend. The other element to this, and and you've seen this, and, and obviously you've seen the feedback on social media over the last couple of days since this happened, Joe, 
Uh, and and I know that that you know the the headline is going to be this was the renaming of Robert E Lee Park to Emancipation Park and the taking down of the statue and some will suggest well that was the issue but there's a lot more going on there were subplots to this whole thing uh, and and uh, it's it's fairly obvious that the radical elements uh, well when you consider for instance on on the uh, the one side there the rally that was being organized by uh, the alt right in this situation. I mean, you know, it's been well reported right now that there are people in militia gear with automatic weapons standing in there behind them. Uh, they, they, this was a much bigger thing, and they wanted to make a statement this day, and, and they, sh- they simply chose your town to do it. Well, yeah, absolutely. This was, as I said, they, uh, Richard Spencer knows the town because he went to college here, and he's decided that uh, because we, we you know, have all uh, progressive city council that they would equivocate and they were making it about something that quietly isn't the issue. But the bigger issue is one of green, not black and white, is that when you have this sort of economics problem where you've got poor white kids who are being told by the National Socialists and these fascist groups that they're poor because uh, Barack Obama was president and, and quotas have kept you out of the workplace. And then you've got Black Lives Matter telling poor black kids you're poor because the white guy has, you know, it, it continues to invoke white supremacy on you. And neither case is true. The economy still hasn't brought back the blue-collar jobs that we lived on in the 60s and 70s and in 50s before that, where we manufactured things. Charlottesville, believe it or not, was a textile town. We, uh, we were a, a bunch of shepherds before Jefferson was born, and we would send our linens down to Richmond to be shipped off to England. That was what Charlottesville did. And even through the 60s and 70s, there were big you know, uh, fabric-making companies here in Charlottesville. They're all gone, but those were jobs that people would be able to put their kids through college with and, and feed their family and save money for retirement. They're all gone, and the, the poor community in Charlottesville is left with, hmm, I wonder which convenience store pays better, and, and that's where we are. It's, and that's what gives these people the ability to go into these communities and win them over, because it, your poverty is not your fault, it's that guy's fault, and then let's go off and go get that guy so you won't be poor anymore. And it's a compelling argument to people who are desperate. There's one aspect I, I've got to talk to you about, and I know your time is tight, and I really appreciate you spending some time with us here, Joe. No, no. There's, I there's, been, a, there's been a great deal of pushback, of course, about uh, what some consider to be the inaction of Donald Trump and his response to this. Uh, many are categorizing his statement on Saturday as rather ambiguous, suggesting that uh, there's a lot of blame on both sides, uh, suggesting there could have been and should have been a condemnation of white supremacist and neo-Nazi activity not unlike what Ronald Reagan did uh, when he was president of the United States. You're, you're the guy that talks to this community on a daily basis, of course, at uh, WCHV. What are your thoughts on this? Um, well, first off, this is going back long before Donald Trump was anything more than a casino owner and uh, builder. Uh, and this goes back before The Apprentice was even on TV. So to blame this on Donald Trump is ludicrous. Uh, what, what Donald Trump said was, Evil is wrong in all incarnations, and I challenge anyone to tell me that that's an inaccurate statement. Uh, I was in the middle of it. There was lots of violence coming from both sides. Uh, So when he says there was violence on both sides, he's right, Uh, and there was. And until we start pointing out that beating people up with sticks because you disagree with them is inappropriate uh, and not going to be allowed, you you have the freedom of your day until you start hurting somebody else. Uh, a friend of ours here, uh, one of the members of the Virginia General Assembly, likes to say, you have the uh, absolute constitutional right to swing your fist around until it contacts somebody's jaw, and then it becomes assault. 
Um, you know, we have laws that protect that kind of individuality, and and to say that one side was violent and what and the other side wasn't is ludicrous. And it was certainly you know this 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 wave goes back long before Donald Trump was president, and quite honestly, long before Barack Obama was president. And it continues. And uh, we, I guess, ask ourselves right now, the rhetorical question is, uh, when's the next Charlottesville and where is that going to be? Uh, and sadly, uh, we don't know the answer to that. Joe, thank you, as always. I, I hope not. I hope not. I hope you're right. Appreciate the time today, Joe. Thanks so much. No, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.